let's, let's get, let's squeeze in as much as we can tonight on this word. And then we're going to uh, get to the, uh, the, the token of uh, Rosh Hashanah uh, that's celebrated by those in the uh, natural Jews. Uh, that's apples and honey. If you're wondering what this is up here, we have apples uh, that are sitting in honey. And uh, that's symbolic of uh, prosperity. When Jewish babies, when they're first born, uh, they put honey on their tongues to get them used to sweetness, to teach them that God, for the God's Jewish people, God's people, to, for them to have a sweet life, a sweet life. And so they, um, the, even the Bible talks about Jesus Christ. When he's born, it says, this, the prophet said, uh, honey and curds will he eat. See, the Bible even talked about Jesus Christ coming into that same, because he was Jewish, of course, right? And so uh, we're going to take that. So I know y'all anxious to get there. Amen. So we'll try to give you a little bit of the word if you can handle that tonight. Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Isaiah and chapter 2, please. Isaiah chapter 2. And we'll read just a few verses here. Isaiah 2, verse 1 through 3. And then we'll give you the word of the Lord for tonight. What we'll actually dwell on for the next couple services here. Isaiah 2, <clears throat> verse 1 through 3. When you have it, say amen. Amen. All right, all the readers, let's read it together. Ready, read. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Isaiah 2 and verse 2 is my main focus for tonight. It says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Tonight we're talking about 5782. This is the, the new year that we're embarking upon. The year of the Lord's house. The year of the Lord's house. Now that, that I know that's not exciting to you yet, but it'll, it'll, it'll get there by next week. Lord, thank you so much tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that each of your people has a heart, that they have a heart to uh, receive the word of God and that, God, there'll be no hindrance to the word of God going forth. I pray that you give me clarity of thought, give me clarity of speech. I pray, Father, you, you'd speak things I have not heard. Let me think thoughts that have never crossed my mind. Lord, let, let me see things that I have not seen, Lord, heretofore in the spirit. And I ask you, God, to speak through me that your people may receive what thus saith the Lord. This night we pray in Jesus' name. Confirm your word with signs following, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. The year of the Lord's house. Praise God. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate you tonight. We, again, are celebrating Rosh Hashanah, and we say Shana Tova to everybody, which mean, literally means to uh, may you have a good year. Shana Tova actually means good year. Shana, 
means uh, year. Tova means good. So much like uh, those of us who are taking Spanish, we learn that the adjective comes after the noun, right? Okay, we're learning that. Got to get used to that. And so Shana Tova, okay? So it means to have a good year. Now, we, I want to remind you of something from 2018. In 2018, I, I told you the Lord said to me, and I've been telling you this ever since then, that every prophecy we've heard is for now, and every word we will hear from now on is for now. Okay? So when you hear that every prophecy we've heard is for now, and everything we'll hear from now on is for now, it, it, it literally means God has shifted us into what we could call a season of fulfillment. A, in fact, I'm going to say this, a perpetual season of fulfillment. Because again, if every word we've ever heard is for now, means it's going to be fulfilled now or being fulfilled now. And every word that we hear from then on, now on, is for now. That means we're in perpetual fulfillment season. Y'all got it? That means no more delays on words. You got it? Now, what that means is to us, it'll, it'll start, if, if, you're, if you're spiritually sensitive, and by sensitive, I don't mean, you know, touchy, you know, but somebody getting your feelings. I'm talking about if you're sensitive in the spirit, if you can, if you have any sort of discernment, if you have any sort of uh, uh, feeling, spiritual feeling about what's going on in the spiritual realm, then things are starting to feel like we've shifted into acceleration. I got three amens of yes, sir. Does anybody feel that here? That it feels like. Now, I know we're spiritual. We don't go by how we feel, but we do feel as we go. My spiritual dad said that. We don't go by how we feel, but we do feel as we go. And so it feels like, if you can sense it, that we're in a season or a time of acceleration where things, it's like you sow a seed on Sunday. Okay, y'all got it now? Acceleration is where it's, it, it, it won't be long now when things, when you move, God's moving. He's, he's double-stepping. That, that's why he told us, remember he told us a couple years ago, take the brakes off? Y'all remember that? He said, said to us, take the brakes off. Some of you weren't here for that, but I'm telling you what he said to us a couple years ago. He, t- he spoke it to me and he had, had me to tell you, and it was for me, but I included you in on it. Take the brakes off, which means God said, I'm about to move at the speed of light. Stop holding up. When I move, you move. Tell your neighbor, when God moves, you move. Tell him, take the brakes off. Everything is moving. Everything is shifting. Everything is happening. You can't slow down. The Bible says in Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So if you and I are going to walk with God, we've got to be in agreement with him. And when he moves, we got to move. When he stops, you stop. But he ain't stopping. God is saying, drive, go forward, and slack not. God is not slacking up on anything. He's saying, how long do you slack to possess the promise? I'm not slacking. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm I better backtrack because y'all, 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 y'all not tracking me yet. Drive, go forward, slack not. God is saying, how long do you slack to possess the promise? I'm not slacking. God's moving. 
And if you're not careful, you'll be left behind pondering, analyzing, figuring, you know, thinking about it, trying to figure out what, you know, no, 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 no. Just flow with God. You got to flow with God because God is in a flow of fruitfulness right now. Anybody else feel that? I mean, I don't mean just feel it. You're starting to see it in your own lives. Things are starting to happen one thing after the other. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God is on the move. Thank you, Lord. So what God has had to do is to raise up prophetic people who are in tune with him, who are in sync with him. For a long time, the church has been full of pathetic people. Pitiful. By pitiful, I'm not talking about sorry. I'm talking about woe is me. Look at what's going on. When the Lord going to do something? God is saying, that's not the kind of people I called you to be. I called you to be prophetic, not pathetic. When you're prophetic, you hear God, you see God, and you begin to speak things in the light that you hear in the dark. And you realize your voice, your life, we've been on this on Faith Increase, your life is voice activated. Y'all, not enough of y'all said anything. Your life is voice activated. You shall have whatever you say, Mark 11, 20, 23. Three times in that verse in Mark 11, 23, he said, you say. You shall have what you say. If you believe that things you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatever you say. You say into this mountain. Three times he said, say. Believe, he said one time. But he said, say three times. So you and I aren't supposed to be just sitting there, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's great. You got to start saying something. Not saying, woe is me, what's going on? Oh, look at what's going on out here. When is, when is going to be my time? No, you need to start declaring from your mouth, my time is coming. This is my time. Things are shifting in my life. I'm moving with God. I'm synced up with God. He wants us to be a prophetic people. Now, prophetic people are different. Put up Jeremiah chapter 1, verse um, uh, 11 and 12. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 for me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1, verse 11 and 12 it says this, this is after God calls Jeremiah, you know, said, I've, I've, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I sanctified you, I called you by name. That, that's why we don't endorse or, you know, abortion. I got nobody. That's why we don't ab endorse abortion. And that's why we don't vote for people who endorse abortion. Because life doesn't begin when you're born. Life begins when you're conceived. So it says here in Jeremiah 1.11, moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Verse 12, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am what? Ready to perform my word. Now what did Jeremiah say he saw? The branch of an almond tree. Now, what's a thing about an almond tree? An almond tree in Hebrew is known, they, the Hebrew, the Jews call it uh, the hasty tree. It's the hasty tree. Because an almond tree, when it, when it starts to blossom, it blossoms in two months. It blossoms and has full fruit in two months. Other trees, it takes a month. You know a mango tree, you see the little blossoms on the tree, you know, back in March, and it's, it's August before they're ready. 
you know. But an almond tree, as soon as you see the, see the, see the first little flowers, it's in less than two months. Boom, you got almonds. You can eat. It's called a, they call it the hasty tree, which is why when you see the same verse, Jeremiah 1.12, in the King James, put in the King James for me here. In the King James, watch what God says here. He says, Moreover, the, uh, go, go to verse 12, please. Verse 12, verse 12. Then, the, then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast seen well, for I will what? Hasten, Hasten my word to perform it. So that's what God gave him a vision of, an almond tree, an almond branch. Because what he's saying is, I'm, I'm about to quickly perform my word. Just as quick as you see that first little bud, no, time is here. Oh, my God. Just as soon as you see the first little bud, he's saying it won't be long now. Now, what God did was God gave Jeremiah a prophetic test about his vision. Could he see? And when he, when he saw correctly, God said, you have seen well. Just because I'm ready to perform my word, or we read in King James, I will hasten my word to perform it. So what God has had to do is he had, he's had to raise up prophetic people who can see. Before anything could be done, he had to have people who could see. You got to catch that. that. That's a lesson for somebody. Before God can do it, you got to be able to see it. Boy, y'all better catch up with me. God can't do it till you can see it. God, matter of fact, let me add this. God can't give it to you if you can't see it. Hey, y'all, don't leave me here. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. God can't give it to you if you can't see it. That's why Abraham, he had to take Abraham out of his tent and say, look, north, south, east, and west. And he said, look, is everything you see, if, everything you can see, I'm going to give you. Another time he, he brought him out and said, look up at the stars. Count them if you can. He said, everything you see, I'll give you. Tell your neighbor, if you can't see it, you can't have it. That's why God needs to raise a prophetic people who can see, who can see in the spirit, not walking by sight, but walking by faith. Even if what you see in the natural does not match what you see in the spirit, you got to go with what you see in the spirit and don't let what you see in the natural hang you up. You have an adversary. He's going to work against you to make sure in the natural you don't see in the natural what you see in the spirit. But you just hang on to what you see in the spirit. Because God says if you can see it, I will hasten to perform my word. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me try to move on. Everybody awake here tonight. Okay, so, so we have to see because seers speak. Seers Speak, S-E-E-R-S, -E seers. That's what prophets were formerly called, the Bible says. Prophets were formerly called what? Seers. seers. Why? Because prophets see. So seers speak. You got to see it, then speak it. That's why it's no surprise as you chart the Hebrew calendar, that we went through in the previous decade, the 5770s. Some of y'all were here when we, we were in the 5770s. What we would call here in, in, in our natural terms, 2010s. 
but on God's calendar, it's 5770s. And I gave you this picture, uh, this Hebrew letter, Ayin. Ayin, you remember that? Yes, sir. And if you look at the picture of the Ayin, it, it's, it's pictorially, it's eyes. Eyes. You see the two little top little pieces there at it on there? It's a, it's a picture in the Hebrew of eyes, eyes. So what we saw was that, in fact, the, 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 word, the letter ayin means to see. The, 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 the numerical value of ayin is 70. So in he, y'all awake? Yes. So in Hebrew, they were in the, we, we, if you talk to any Jewish person, they were in the ayin decade. There's not anything we got to make up. You talk to any Jewish person, they're in the ayin decade. The decade of seeing is a decade of revelation. For us in the body of Christ, a decade of revelation where God was showing us things, showing us what it means to be a son of God, showing us what it means to be in the kingdom of God. It was 2010, God began to reveal to me the kingdom of God. How many of y'all remember that back then? I began preaching on the kingdom of God because God gave me a revelation right at the top of that decade of the kingdom. All of a sudden, I had a brand new Bible because I could see things in the Bible that I could not see in the previous decade. Because when he brings into a decade of revelation, you begin to see things. I begin to see how uh, prosperity works. I begin to see how healing works. I begin to see how miracle signs and wonders work. Hallelujah. So a decade of revelation, decade of spiritual insight, a decade where God was developing, again, seers. But remember now, seers speak. So what comes along the next decade, the 5780s that we're in now, okay? And I gave you this, the, the Hebrew for 80, it's the uh, letter pay, P-E-Y, right? And I showed you this same symbol here, that's, that's the letter pay, and it's the picture of mouth, a mouth, Y'all got it? Now, what was the previous decade? The picture of what? Eyes for seeing. The next one in line. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> God is very strategic. God is very coordinated. God didn't, didn't let anything just happenstance. He didn't, he didn't let the Hebrews make up their own alphabet. Everything is, every single letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value, has a picture value on it. Nothing is accidental. When the Bible says, Jesus said that, uh, well, the God said in the word, Jesus even re uh, reiterated it, that before one jot or tittle of my word passes away, all heaven and earth will pass away. When he said that jot or tittle, in our, in our English language, when we write our alphabet, it will be like the little dots and the little crosses on the letters. In the Hebrew, it's their jots and tittles. Those little, put the, put the symbol up again. It's those little markings. All those little markings, they, they mean something. He says, so before I let one jot or tittle of my word fail or pass away, I'll let all of heaven and earth pass away. Which means that every jot and tittle, every single little mark means something. Can y'all handle this meat on a Wednesday night? So pay is mouth, it's speaking. So what 
what was before a decade of revelation and spiritual insight turned into a decade of declaration and spiritual authority. You might want to write that down. It became a decade of declaration and spiritual authority. Not where God was developing seers, it was where he was deploying speakers. I'm saying was, where he is, because this is our current decade, we just started it. We're right in the early stages of this decade. Where those of us who've gotten revelation of who we are, Hallelujah. That's why in the last decade, 2017, when Hurricane Armour came, Pastor, you always talking about that. You ever heard Bill Winston? He tells the same testimony every single time he preaches. So it's okay if I tell the same testimony. That's all right. That's my, I'm not picking on him. I'm partners with him, his ministry. So I, I appreciate his ministry, what I'm saying. But when that hurricane came along, we had a revelation of who we are. Remember, I preach, what manner of man are you? When you, when you get a revelation of who you are, you don't run from something, you speak to it. All right? So we're in a decade now of revelation, I'm sorry, of declaration and spiritual authority where God is deploying speakers, people who speak with authority. Hallelujah. Y'all getting this here? Now, remember the top of this decade, I gave you a scripture, Psalm 81, verse 10. In fact, let's put it on the screen, Psalm 81, verse 8. Let's start at verse 8 in, in the Passion Translation. Psalm 81, verse 8. I want you to hear this here. Listen to this. It says, God says, listen to me, my dear people, for I'm warning you, and you better listen well, for I hold something against you. Now, if God says, listen to me, you better listen well, right? Okay. He says, don't ever be guilty of worshiping any other God but me. You worship any other God, you're guilty. You got it? Then verse 10, this is the one y'all remember, hopefully. He says, I'm your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Thank you, Lord, for raising us up. He says, open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Just shout hallelujah for me tonight. That verse just ought to move you tonight when you... Some of y'all have that, I mean, on your wall somewhere. You got on your, your I mean, we had, we had them printed and put on our walls. Praise God. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. This is what the people who have a revelation, what they turn into, into speakers, commanders, demanders, using their authority to decree things. Job 22, 28 says what? You shall decree a thing, come on, and it shall be established unto you, and what will happen? Light will shine on your ways. So you and I are decreers. We are demanders. We are declarers. Hallelujah. We speak declarative statements, not interrogative statements. Lord, how long? Lord, when you going to come through? No, declarative statements. It won't be long now. I said it won't be long. 
So again, open your mouth with what? A mighty decree. A mighty decree. I will fulfill it next time. Now. Way on down the road. Now. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, there are things we decree when we prayed on Sunday. You remember that? That's why I didn't know it's so strong. Things we decree. When I got home and, and began to pray over all the seed, I prayed and decreed things over it again. My wife and I prayed and just decreed more things over there. You would have heard from them Tuesday, but they was closed Monday. Y'all not missing. Y'all not catching what I'm saying. I will fulfill it now. <laughs> See? But you got to know who you are and know the authority you have. Thank you, Jesus. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's y'all track me here. Hallelujah. Now, Rosh Hashanah 2019, it's two years ago. I said this to you. God is about to bring the clean voices to the forefront. Oh, it's coming back to you now. You can go back and, and review the video. God is about to bring the clean voices to the forefront. The voices of those who have purposed in their hearts to serve him. Now that was September 2019, coming up on, that was the Rosh Hashanah celebration we had here. Now, we didn't know what was going to break out, but God knew. And as a prophetic voice, he had me declare that. And you agreed with it. And so when we said he's about to bring the clean voices to the forefront, clean voices. You know, not every voice is a clean voice. A lot of folk people listen to on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they're not clean voices. They're just loud voices. They just get all the attention. But they're not clean. This would imply most of the clean voices have not been in the forefront. The ones that you don't listen to, the ones that you don't flock to, the ones that you don't follow, the ones that you don't watch them on Faith and Christ television, those are the ones that have been behind the scenes, but they've been the clean voices. Yeah, I'm talking about me. I'm clean. God knows I'm clean. But he says, the voices of those who have purposed in their hearts to serve him. Now, what happened? By 2020, Satan brought a pandemic, as I say, a pandemonic. Now listen to this, that was intended to shut churches down and shut prophetic voices up. Y'all help me out here. It was intended. The 
that's still the intent to shut the church down and shut prophetic, shut prophetic voices up. Now remember what God has just told us, that God's about to bring clean voices to the forefront. And if you think that, that the, the pandemic has any other motive, you're mistaken. See, it doesn't even matter what these, the people you see, what they're thinking, the devil's behind it. And what the devil wants, he wants the church out of the way. Because if the church is out of the way, he can unleash all his plans, all his evil on the planet. <laughs> he wants the church gone. Can I show you something here? Look at, uh, give me uh, uh, Psalm number 83 in the King James Version. The King James, how many of y'all have the King James Version? All right, I got a few of you here, okay. On your phone. Okay, I'm going to read on the screen here because I don't have my phone with me. Look at Psalm 83, verse 1. I'm going to start there. It says, keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. Verse 2. For lo, thine enemies, thine enemies, making noise. They stirring up a lot of stuff. Y'all hang with me here tonight. It's still early, ain't it? They, they, your enemies make a tumult. That's a lot of ado, a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of noise. And watch this. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. I want you to see what's happening in the world. Y'all listen to me, young men. You, you can't afford to be on nothing else. Because you may think this is just some thing, but it's demonic. And if you call yourself part of the church, he's after you. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. Are you his people? How many of his people do I have here tonight? Okay, so they've, they've taken crafty counsel against you. I want you to see what this is all about. That's why we got to now bring in vaccine mandates. It's crafty counsel. Because they practice it on you for the mark of the beast. They're practicing to know who's going to be easy and who's going to be hard. They want to see how, how much you want to go to that movie, how much you want to go to that store, how much you want to go to that school. How, how, how bad do you want to have this thing? Let's see what you want to do to, to get it. The counsel against is against you. And notice what it says. And consulted against thy hidden ones. Have we been God's hidden ones? And there's another uh, group of hidden ones. It's those little babies that are hidden in the womb. 
they've consulted against them. What most people don't realize is over the last year and a half, while everybody's looking over here at COVID, how many, how many abortion uh, laws were passed to push abortion along? Where, where now they, they push it along in certain states now where if a child is even born in a botched abortion, they can still kill it. While everybody's over here doing this, looking at COVID and looking at Black Lives Matter and looking at statues being torn down, the devil's been pushing his agenda against the hidden ones. I better come over here because y'all don't like that. The devil's been pushing his agenda in all these liberal states and liberal places. This is the agenda of Satan. And you, not you, people think that this is just coincidence. It's not. Do I have any prophetic people in here? When you're prophetic, you see what's going on. You don't just let stuff just. Tell your neighbor, open your eyes. Matter of fact, I pray, Lord, open their eyes that they may see. You don't have time to be messing around. Keep going, verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be in remembrance, no more remembrance. They want to destroy Israel. Now, I'll show you later on, maybe not tonight, but some, sometime later. We're included in Israel. I can take it right to this through Ephesians chapter 2. I showed you we're included, included in Israel. But let's just talk about Israel. Let's just talk about Israel. The, the, the present uh, uh, resident of the White House. Not the president, the resident. He's the fake president uh, in the White House, orchestrated in, in, in collusion with China to allow Afghanistan to be overthrown. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not, he's, he, he, may, he may be losing it up here, but he, he's, he's, it's a demonic scheme. China worked along with him for that. I could go all the way back to the election, how China worked with the election to get him in because they knew he'd go along with this. See, now what people don't realize is what's going on in Afghanistan is a setup. Because the two largest countries that, that are maintaining their embassies in Afghanistan are China and Russia. What the Bible calls Gog and Magog. The two large armies of revelation. This is not coincidence, ladies. This is in your Bible. Wake up, guys. Wake up, ladies. This is in your Bible. Gog and Magog. China, Russia. And and Afghanistan was already a hub. The whole reason why we went to Afghanistan 20 years ago was to try to eradicate all the terrorist groups. Now we're gone. So now they, the terrorist groups will now run Afghanistan, train Afghanistan with American weapons and American equipment. What's their goal? To annihilate Israel. They are all enemies of Israel. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. The name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. 
Is anybody awake to what's going on in here in, in the world? Don't be so caught up in your little football game and your preseason and basketball and all this stuff that we're so caught up in and the, and the devil is just and the prophetic people are silent. The only defense on this planet is us. And here we are so oblivious to what the devil's doing, he can just move and do everything he wants to do because we're just we're caught up in, in the next movie coming out. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about the church in general. Y'all understand that? Look at, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. They have consulted together with one consent. They've come together and made a plan. They are confederate. They've made a confederation. They've joined together at the hip. It, it's, this is crazy. Russia and China working together? Now having military exercises together? What? Hello? Now we're going to work with Afghanistan and have a hub that from Afghanistan they can launch missiles and hit Israel for sure. On, on, they said on one side of Afghanistan, they have, have some missiles that they're bringing in that can hit the U.S. Well, why, why, why are they concerned about the U.S.? Because we've been taking care of Israel. Now, remember, we're talking about the, the church here. Okay, go to verse 12. Verse 12. Hallelujah. I skipped a lot of that. I just want to get to what they said. Here's what they're saying, Deke. Who said, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. Are, are, you, are, you, are you seeing what's happening? That the plan in America and throughout the world is to take the houses of God in possession. The houses, physical houses, and the houses. <laughs> so they figured they shut enough churches down. First of all, we get all churches in debt. Get you in debt. I mean, just sucking wind in debt. With your little church growth plans, but we get you all in debt and then shut you down, limit, restrict your services. And now you're just, you're just, trying, to, just trying to figure out how you can make it. I mean, we know of churches who are already, who they had several locations, who've now sold off all their locations. They're down to one location now. One service and one location. Now they used to have, you know, 10 services in five different locations and all that kind of stuff down to one. You got to be vaxxed for that one, you know, stuff like that. What's the plan? To take the houses of God in possession. Now, this may not mean anything to you, some of y'all. Y'all looking at me like. I want you to see that if you're part of the church, this has been the plan against you and the body of Christ. 
So what's happening? You have these influential people, institutions that have consulted together. They've come in against the church. They, wanna, they want everything and every, everyone that belongs to God. They, they, you understand? Churches sit on some of the best land. Give me, give me that same verse, verse 12, in the, uh, the CEV. The CEV. I'm trying. All of them said, we'll take God's valuable land. Oh, come on, somebody. All right, that and movie. Give me the passage translation. Give me the passage translation. Here's what they cry. Repeat history, God. Make all their noble ones die like Oreb, Zeba, and Zalmunna. Who said in their pride, we will seize, watch this, God's people. Along with all their pleasant lands. See, it isn't just about the lands and the buildings, it's the people. The devil wants to take you out. Because as a child of God, who knows who you are, you represent a blockade to his system. So he wants to take you out. Glory to God. But we're in the year of judgment. Remember this year the Lord gave to Apostle Philip Durber? That 2021 is the year of judgment. In the year of judgment, you, you, you can't mock God and get away with it. You can't, you can't attack God's house and God's people and get away with it. Come here, Governor, Governor uh, I'm sorry, former Governor Cuomo. I know former Governor Cuomo of New York who attacked the church, vehemently attacked the church, specifically attacked the church and the Jews of New York. They would have police officers going to shut down Jewish uh, celebrations. And he said, any church who meets in New York, I'll shut it down and take your license that you can't ever reopen your church again. That's what former Governor Cuomo said. Because <laughs> Governor Cuomo didn't know his arm was too short to box with God. He's not former, former because his term expired. He's former because what is done in the dark will come to the light. <laughs> There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. If he had just left the church alone, he might still be in office today. Well, now I found out he's messing with all them women. Now a woman is taking his place. The biggest problem was he was messing with the bride of Christ. If you can't mess with the bride of Christ. And Jesus sit there and don't say nothing. You can't touch the apple of God's eye and God doesn't, doesn't do something about it. You can't mock God's people. 
something not happen to you. He's just the first. There's going to be a whole line of people crushed, taken out in this year of judgment. Are y'all hearing me tonight? So I'm trying to get you to see that, that the devil has a scheme, but he can't outdo God. But you can't mess with God's people and God's stuff and get away with it. Can I take you somewhere here tonight? I got a couple more minutes here. Let me, let me, let me show you one more place here. And then, then we'll pick this up on Sunday. Will y'all come back Sunday? I just want to show you this here, that you can't mess with God's people. You can't mock God and get away with it. What I'm saying to you is, this is the year of the Lord's house. And his house, God's going to keep his house. And what, what I'm trying going to get to you before this thing is over is make sure you're in the house of God. And be glad you're in the house of God. And stay planted in the house of God. Because it's about to get real crazy out there. Out there, it's about to be real crazy. I think it's already starting to be crazy, ain't it? I mean, it's about to be crazy, crazy. Look in Daniel chapter 5, please. Daniel 5. Daniel 5. You're in, you're, we, I don't know where y'all are. We were in Isaiah earlier, but go from Isaiah back to the back of the book, towards back of the book. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Daniel 5. Boy, this is, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. I said, this is good, this is good. How many prophetic people do I have in this house tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything God's been showing you, you're going to speak it. And it ain't going to be no long time for things manifest. All right, Daniel 5. I just want to show you this last thing here, I guess, tonight. Look at verse 1. It says, Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. He was getting tore up. <laughs> while he tasted the wine, while he's enjoying it, Belshazzar gave the command, watch this, to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem. That the king, or so that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Now where do these vessels come from? The temple or the house of God. Now, under Nebuchadnezzar, when, when the children of Israel went into Babylonian captivity, they stripped the temple of all the goods. They took these goods, but Nebuchadnezzar had them stored away. But Belshazzar, his son, gets the idea in his drunken stupor, go get them, them, them holy vessels. Go get those vessels, those vessels that were dedicated to God. And we're going to bring those vessels. We're going to drink our wine. We're going to party with those vessels. We're going to bring what belongs in God's house. 
and we ain't going to bring it to our house and we're going to party with it. Otherwise, we're going to mock, make a mockery of the things of God. We're going to make a mockery of sacred things. We're going to We're going to make a mockery of God's house. That's what folk do in the world. They, they, they bring in our Christian artists and they bring in our Christian preachers and they, they take the Christian things and make a mockery of the things of God. And the people in the body of Christ, they go on like little sheep, without just little dumb sheep, just doing what they say and don't realize that the devil is using them to make a mockery of God's house. Verse 3, then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of what? The house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine, watch this, watch this, and praised the gods of of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. They are full-fledged partying, drinking and in idolatry. No telling what else is going on. While they're drunk and you got concubines and wives and lords and everybody's drunk and feeling good and feeling saucy and letting their hair down and letting their guard down. No telling what else going on because they got these cups and these vessels from God's house and they're bringing what belongs, what is sacred, what is consecrated, what is devoted to God into the midst of their Now, those Belshazzar and his folk may have had no regard for God's vessels, but God did. They may have thought that because they were in the king's palace in his, in his feasting, his banqueting hall, that nobody else saw what was going on, but they didn't know that God could see through the roof and he could see through the, through the, through the walls and the ceiling. God could see everything. And God remembers, God knows those things that were devoted to him. God knows those things that were consecrated to him. God knows those things that were sacred to him. And that those gold and silver vessels, God had given them that silver. God had given them that gold. And Solomon and David had taken those things and had those, that gold and silver made into vessels of honor, not unto dishonor, vessels of honor. What the devil wants to do is take people that are in the body of Christ who God calls vessels of honor and take you out there in the world and corrupt you and pollute you and make you what you should be a vessel of honor and turn you into a vessel of dishonor. Don't let the devil turn you into a vessel of dishonor. You think it's just you enjoying it, but it's the devil making a mockery of you and the kingdom of God. Come on. 
Tell your neighbor, God saw it. God saw it. So look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. In the same hour. It says in the same hour. While they're drinking. While they're partying. While they're having their little orgy. While they're making a mockery of God. In the same hour. You can't mock God and get away with it. I don't care if you're behind the doors at the White House, behind the doors in the boardroom, behind the doors in your little bath club, behind the doors in your little men's group, behind the doors in your little school. You can't make a mockery of God and get away with it. God watches everything. He sees everything. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall. Now, Deke, I've, I've, I've messed with plaster before. Plaster, you put on the wall, it's hard. So you got to be real tough. You got to have some kind of power like fire. Our God is consuming fire to write in hardened plaster. He wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace and watch this. Now the, the, king, the king's drunk. How many of y'all have been drunk and something came and ruined your little... You were high. You were high and driving. The police pulled behind you and ruined your little high. You saw them blue lights and red lights coming up behind you and all of a sudden your high just went out the window. Just... say it says and the king oh my god and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote verse 6 then the king's countenance changed his high is gone get up girl get up get up Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. I, I've been nervous in my life, but I've never been that nervous when my knees literally knocked against each other. And I want to tell you something that across America and throughout the world, their knees are knocking. They're not sleeping well at night. People who know the wickedness that they have perpetrated in this country and across the world for many, many years and even decades, they are nervous right now because they know that God has reached into their lives. They're seeing the hand of God move. Everything they plan to shut the church down and it hasn't worked, to shut America down and it hasn't worked, to shut the world down and it hasn't worked, and now they're starting to see the hand of God show up in their, in their lives, not to bless them.
His knees are knocking against each other. Are y'all seeing that? Look at verse 10. Verse 10, for sake of time. Verse 10. Obviously, he had made everybody get out because the queen now comes back. Verse 10. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. That's where they were. Remember, he, he must have made everybody get out, the, get out the room. The queen spoke saying, oh, king, live forever. Because he's trying to find somebody who can interpret what I see. I see it, but I don't know what that means. I see something that's got me nervous. I'm having dreams at night. I'm having things that's making me nervous. I, 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 it's almost like I, like, like I see shadows behind me, but I don't know what this means. She said, live forever, king. Don't let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. She said, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And watch this, in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in, in, in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now that means he must not be that now. Because he's called in all the chief, chief magicians. He's calling these folk, but Daniel's not in this crowd. That means... That, that Belshazzar must have demoted who his father had promoted. That means when the, when the new administration came in, he got rid of all the Christian folk. Got rid of all the folk who had a connection with God. Y'all ain't sinners to me. He got rid of, he got, got rid of the spiritual advisory board. He got rid of the faith council. Because I don't need that in my administration. I don't want to offend people in my administration. I'm talking about y'all present resident. That what had been established in the previous administration was all liquidated. We don't need spiritual advice. So they got rid of Daniel. But the queen remembered. Wait, under the previous administration. This mess you're in right now, King, ain't nobody in your, on your cabinet. Ain't nobody on your staff that can answer this. But there was somebody who had been deposed who can answer it. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying that I don't care who's in the office the next four years, they're going to call all the spiritual advisors back. They're going to call a church who they despised. Because they can't fix what they're facing. They can't deal with what they're going through. They can't handle what, with the things that they're facing right now. And they're going to find some folk who can hear God, who hear God's voice, who have a connection with God to explain what's going on in this nation. Let me keep going here. Let me drop down to verse, verse 17. Verse 17, so they get a hold of Daniel. Then Daniel answered. I'm over time, y'all okay? Yes, Daniel answered and said before the king, because what, what happens, the king, when, when, he, when he comes, he, he, he had said, whoever comes and tells me what's going on, I'm going to put a chain of gold on his neck and make them second in command. In other words, I'm going I'm I'm to pay them to fix it. But watch Daniel. Daniel answered and said before the king, Hey, keep, keep your little gifts, bro. You can't buy me. A real 
Christian, a real prophetic voice cannot be bought. A real prophetic voice cannot be bribed. He says, Let, you can keep all your stuff. He said, yet I'll read the writing to the king. Drop down to verse 23. 23. He says, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You want to know what's going wrong in the kingdom? You've lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. No, all they were doing was drinking out of the vessels. He says, you've lifted up yourself against the, king of, against the God of heaven. No, all we was doing was having a little fun with the, with the little vessels, with the little cups. He said, no, 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 it's deeper than that. You think you're just drinking and having, having fun with them little cups. You knew where those cups were. You knew where they were from. You knew those were devoted to God. And you had the unmitigated gall. You had the audacity to take what belonged to God and think you're going to now use it to worship idols? And you have lifted up, lifted up yourself, lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron. You're all into materialism, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know, and the God who holds your breath in his hand, and the God who holds your breath in his hand, and the God who holds your breath in his hands and owns you. Is that what it said? He owns all your ways. You don't even know God can just... One second, you're gone. He says, you've not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and his, this writing was written. And this is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, eupharsin. Verse 26. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene. Here's what it means. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You're finished. Ah, oh boy, I wonder what would have happened if we as the body of Christ started to declare to folk, you are finished. Governor over here, you are finished. Mayor over here, you are finished. Mr. X, whatever you think you are, you are finished. Judge so-and-so, you are finished. Planned Parenthood leaders, you are finished. LGBT community, your leaders who want to keep doing what you're doing, you are finished. Not the people. I'm talking about those who want to, who want to perpetuate the foolishness. He says, God, he says, God has numbered your, your kingdom and finished it. Finished it. Ended it. You're done. Tekel means you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting, lacking. You came up short. You're not as heavy as you thought you were. You're not walking as heavy as you, 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 you thought you were the bomb, thought you were the stuff, but you ain't all that. You thought you were all that, but you ain't all that. You came up short. Verse 28, Perez, where we get the word you farsing from. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Now watch this. Now Belshazzar Hears that. Y'all give me three more minutes. Belshazzar hears that. It's not good. This is not a good prophecy. 
This is not a good, this is not some affirmation. This is man, it's about to, you, you done. Now, David already told him, keep your stuff. I don't want your stuff. So Belshazzar has the idea with this bad uh, test, this bad prophecy, I'm going to see if I can buy, if I can still influence, persuade God to change his mind. What he told me he doesn't want, I'm going to still give him. Then Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with what? Purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Daniel said, I don't want none of that stuff, but he did it anyway. Now he thinks he's going to get away with his, with his sin, but he didn't. But it doesn't matter, God still did for Daniel what he wanted done for Daniel. But it didn't change God's mind. I'm going to still take you down. I'm going to bless my people. Y'all better catch this. I'm going to still raise up my house. I'm going to still raise up my sons and my daughters. I'm going to still promote those children of mine. I'm going to still bring those, for those voices to the forefront that have served me, but I'm going to bring you st down still. I'm done. I'm going to raise you up. Y'all better catch I'll deal with this Sunday. Because while God is bringing down the heathen, he's raising up the body of Christ. Verse 30. Verse 30. Verse 30. Verse 30. Can you read verse 30 with me? Ready? Read it like a Baptist preacher. That very night. Shazar, uh -huh. king of the Chaldeans. But on his way out of office, Daniel got lifted up. On his way out of here, God promoted his man. It don't matter to me what's going to happen to all of the world and on their way out, God's going to have to use them to raise you up. If you serve God and don't turn on him, if you keep confessing and keep declaring what thus said the Lord, he's going to bless you and promote you and raise you up to make you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath because the mountain of the Lord's house is going to be established on top of all the mountains. We'll get back to that Sunday. That's Isaiah 2.2. 2. Watch what happens in 22. That we're going to see God raising up those who are in the house of the Lord. Those who are in the family of God. And it may happen while some other folk are on their way out. Man, my brothers, my sisters, my sons, my daughters, I'm telling you right now, this is the best time ever on the planet. 
And what God needs you and me to do is to stop focusing on what's going on out there, what the devil's doing, and start focusing on what God is doing in here, how God is moving. Because the devil may think he's in charge, but God's the one in charge. And I'm going to show you this through scripture in several places. That this is the very hour Isaiah's talking about. In the latter days. These are the latter days. And God's raising us up. So that's why if you can sense it, you're excited. If you, if you can sense it, you're excited because you know, well, something's breaking. Something's shaking. Something's moving. Something's happening. Hallelujah. So much so, I don't have time to like lollygag with folk. I need to be moving with God. Staying in sync with him. Hallelujah. Lord, tonight, thank you for the word so far. For what you revealed to us so far. I know we have a ways to go, but Father, you're, you're showing us in no uncertain terms that the attack Satan has brought against the church is backfiring. And that we... We are seeing a resurgence of the church. <laughs> and every time they tell us COVID is resurging, COVID is surging in this area, hot spots in this area, it's because they want us to look at that. Close down or stay closed. But no, Lord, what we see is a surge in the body of Christ. That God, you are galvanizing the body of Christ. You're bringing together people who are bold, people who are audacious, people who are unafraid, people who have their eyes on you, who will not be moved or intimidated by the media, by the government, by any institution, by, by anyone in this world not even the devil himself, but will stand knowing that we're in the, in the greatest time ever for the body of Christ. Father, I pray that these are people that we all grab hold of what you're saying and what you're doing. I pray that you continue to give me clarity and the ability to prophetically declare things uh, in this house and that your people, Lord, will have ears that hear, eyes that see, and hearts that receive, that lock into what you say in this hour. So that God, right here, we even pray for right here, even in St. Petersburg, Florida, that the mountain of your house will be established on top of all the other mountains and that will be exalted above all the hills. We thank you, Father, 
the, the Church of the Living God in St. Petersburg in the Bay Area will rise to the forefront and that God, what you've planned for this region will be poured out and that God will see a, a revival and a crusade and a move of your spirit like never before that won't stop until Jesus cracks the sky. That caught up in the midst of all that, that your people move to the forefront of every industry, of every sector of our lives, that every mountain of influence that we're a part of, that we begin to move into a place of, of dominion, that God, we begin to be fruitful and multiply, and that God, we, we would, would replenish the earth with the things of God. That things that have been stolen, souls that have been stolen, lands that have been stolen. You told us in your word, Father, in Psalm 2, verse 8, to ask for the heathen as our inheritance and the ends of the earth as our possession. God will take back everything the devil has stolen, even every soul he's stolen. We receive them again for the body of Christ, that God, we may all together come into that time and place that you've called us to live in. We give you praise and glory for all these things we do pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God a praise tonight. Hallelujah.